Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm April Dimbosky in San Francisco. Residents of Northern California are waking up this morning to more rain. The atmospheric river and bomb cyclone pummeled the region with record levels of rain this weekend. Sarah Littlefield is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Sacramento. We saw um, 5.44 inches in downtown Sacramento, which is the most we've seen uh, in recorded history for the amount of rainfall uh, that fell in a period of 24 hours. Uh, The previous record was 5.28 inches set way back in 1880. Um, We also saw a few other locations break break their 24-hour records. Uh, Sacramento Executive Airport, which is in the downtown area kind of as well, um, saw 5.41 inches. And up uh, off of Interstate 80 in an area called Blue Canyon, We recorded 10.4 inches um, of rainfall in a 24-hour period. It was more of the same in the Bay Area, where downed trees and flooded roadways were seen across the region. Wyan Ralbrun with the National Weather Service tells the California Report it wasn't just the rain that was a problem. We recorded wind gusts of uh, 56 knots at the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, You know, lots of people reported the strong winds as they were crossing the span of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, One of our weather stations up in the Santa Cruz Mountains above Los Gatos was gusting to 85 miles an hour, uh, and and obviously widespread gusts reported in that 45 to 55 mile an hour range. Heavy rain is forecast to continue impacting the state for another day. The central California portion of the Sierra Mountains could see up to three more inches of rain. The record-breaking rainfall is still not nearly enough to curb the state's drought. Governor Gavin Newsom declared a drought emergency for all 58 counties in California last week. Farmers in Fresno County, like Joe Del Bosque, have been struggling for months. Valley Public Radio's Medi Bolaños takes us to Del Bosque's farm to hear firsthand how he's getting by. Joe Del Bosque has owned his property in Fireball for 36 years. He's grown cherries, tomatoes, and asparagus. But as we get into his truck to take a drive around the property, Del Bosque says the crop closest to his heart is melons. His dad began to grow melons in the Mendota area in the 1950s. Well, they've been in my blood for all my life. I feel a very intimate relationship with with melons. He now owns 2,000 acres of land on both sides of Interstate 5. Three decades ago, Del Bosque and other farmers on the west side began experiencing water cutbacks and had to change how they watered crops. He installed a drip irrigation system nearly 15 years ago to save water. But this year, that's not enough. According to the state's Department of Water Resources, 2021 is the second driest year in California's history. And that means there's not enough water to go around to the farmers. We had to go find water to buy from other farmers in Northern California that were willing to sell us some water. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to survive. He says water is now costing him four times more than normal. 
He usually pays $200 an acre foot for water, but this year he says he paid other farmers nearly $800 an acre foot. And still, he says one-third of his 2,000 acres went unplanted this year. Our tour of the farm continues in Del Bosque's car. He drives us across I-5. He points to an empty field where melons are typically grown. This is my field right here, the bare one here. That field was not planted this year. He says he didn't plant nearly 300 acres of melons. And he cut out asparagus altogether. Ryan Jacobson, CEO of the Fresno County Farm Bureau, says this is a reality for many farmers across the county. What happens in these droughts is that farmers are going to divert whatever water they do have available to their higher valuable, longer term investments. Like nut trees and grapevines. That means certain crops may not grow in the Central Valley in the next five to ten years. And that, he says, should worry people. We are at a time or a crossroads where it looks like we're going to see a significant reduction in the amount of food that we grow here in the valley. Back on the farm, Joe Del Bosque is at his own crossroads. Experts are predicting another dry winter. And he knows the decisions he makes now will impact the future of his family business and the lives of everyone who works there. For the California Report, I'm Madi Bolaños in Fireball. Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at osh.com. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul, for 30 years, or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This weekend marked six years since the Aliso Canyon gas storage well in L.A. became the site of the largest methane leak in U.S. history. It took 112 days for SoCal Gas to plug the leak, leaving thousands of people in the Porter Ranch neighborhood exposed to toxic chemicals. Many of them say they are still dealing with the consequences. We still suffer nosebleed, headache, palpitations, brain fog, aliso cough. And each day I hear someone's diagnosis of cancer in our community. Kyoko Hibino is the co-founder of Safe Porter Ranch. She believes her cancer diagnosis is directly connected to the devastating blowout. She and others are calling on Governor Gavin Newsom to deliver his campaign promise to shut down the gas facility. So far, it hasn't happened. And the California Public Utilities Commission is even considering increasing gas storage there. State Senator Henry Stern is against that. This PUC decision will just be one more test of of our will to actually shut Aliso Canyon down. People talk about it, but talk is cheap. Although SoCal Gas and its parent company announced last month that they reached a $1.8 billion settlement with tens of thousands of affected residents, Safe Porter Ranch says the deal hasn't been finalized yet. 
Hundreds of Hollywood artisans held a candlelight vigil in Burbank last night for Helena Hutchins. She was the 42-year-old cinematographer who was accidentally killed by actor Alec Baldwin last week on a film set in New Mexico. The film's director, Joel Souza, was injured in the same incident. An investigation is ongoing in New Mexico, but in California, it's prompted legislative action. The California Report's Saul Gonzalez reports. State Senator Dave Cortesi of San Jose says he'll introduce legislation that would ban both ammunition and firearms capable of shooting live ammunition from movie and television shoots in California, as well as live theatrical productions in the state. In a statement, Cortesi, who chairs the Senate Labor Committee, says there's an urgent need to address alarming work abuses and safety violations on productions. Before last week's accidental onset New Mexico shooting, the Los Angeles Times reports that several crew members walked off the production, protesting labor conditions and safety issues. Before that incident, there have been other on-set deaths involving firearms. In 1993, actor Brandon Lee was mistakenly shot with a dummy round from a gun while filming the movie The Crow. And in 1984, television actor John Eric Hexham, while joking around during a production break, died after he put a prop gun to his temple and fired. The recoil from the unloaded firearm caused hemorrhaging, which killed him. For the California Report, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Two dozen congressional Democrats from California are calling on the Biden administration to shut down three immigration detention centers in the state. KQED's immigration editor, Tyke Hendricks, reports. In a letter to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, 23 members of Congress plus Senator Alex Padilla noted that conditions in the facilities violate health and safety standards set by Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And they say the ICE contracts are leading to the waste of millions of dollars in federal funds. ICE holds detained immigrants in several facilities around California, but the letter called out three. One is the Yuba County Jail, which has been under federal monitoring for more than four decades. ICE has a contract to hold 200 detainees there, but currently has only one. The other two are private prisons, Adelanto in San Bernardino County and Otay Mesa in San Diego. As with Yuba, they have been cited for filthy facilities, lack of medical care, improper use of solitary confinement, and retaliation against detained people who protest their conditions. Immigrant advocates have raised concerns about ICE detention for years. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. Latinas make up 20 percent of California's workforce, and data show they were more likely than any other group to lose their jobs in the COVID-19 pandemic. At a hearing last week, state assembly members heard testimony on the substantial wage gap between Latinas and other workers. Sonia Diaz of UCLA's Latino Policy and Politics Initiative says because of that gap, many Latinas who lost their jobs last year found that going back to work wasn't worth it. These were not jobs that provided the retirement security benefits, the sick paid leave, the health care that's quality. So ultimately, getting those workers back is going to be incumbent on us having good jobs, including good union jobs. Diaz says the average Latina worker is also much younger than the population as a whole. And leaving the workforce for even a year or two can seriously reduce their lifetime earnings. (laughs) 
thousands of taco lovers gathered in Fresno this weekend for the 10th Taco Truck Throwdown. Tacos are a source of serious pride for the city, and the Fresno Bee reported 18 taco trucks competed for the championship title. The judges chose Taco Pinto as the winner. Co-owner Marisa Silva says it was overwhelming to see people waiting an hour to try her tacos. It means a lot being out here. Uh, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication to prepare everything fresh every single day. So being out here and having this line is just um, amazing. We feel, uh, we feel great, <laughs> grateful. The night's entertainment was headlined by singer-songwriter Genuine. He teamed up with local Fresno musician Patrick Contreras to end the night with a beatboxing electric violin mashup. Patrick Contreras is also known as Violin on Fire. He used the taco truck throwdown to release his new album, A Little Night Music. And that's the California Report for Monday, October 25th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm April Domboski. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs>